Okay, we're gonna go ahead and get this started. They'll catch it on the on the rerun. Talk to me, Cleveland. You already know what this is. We had a couple of technical difficulties. We are on Chill Talk live, but we're on my YouTube channel. Y'all should have been going to my YouTube channel anyway. I was trying to get everybody used to going over to the. Now you forced to get over here right now to see the show, uh, but I do want you to know, you know what, I didn't even get a chance. That's all right, I'll make it happen. Uh, first, we gotta take care of the people we need to take care of. Uh, you need, if you're in Northeast Ohio, support Iman, Iman, excuse me, Iman Roofing, imanroofing.com. Free roofing inspection. If you tell them you down with Chill Talk, hit them up at imanroofing.com for a free inspection. Hit them up, 216-678-9. Four, four, five. That's Iman Roofing. And if you need a free roof, if something's wrong with your roof and you actually need work, he said any type of insurance, you have anything, he will work with you where you will not have to come out your pocket for the free roof. Okay. Also, you know what? I'll get this done when I, well, no, we're going to do it right now. Also, you know, we normally are supporting Spears of the Mossy, right? But and we're still supporting Spears of the Mossy. But what we want you to know right now, this is volume one. These brothers are hard at work. And this is how much their work is paid off. Bow! Volume two. Already have it. I snatched up the mailman the other day. I got an advanced copy. Volume two is out. From Spears to Pen. Boom. All right. We will make sure that they put all the information in the chat. So you all can know where to get the book. Uh, I got a call the other day from my doctor. I still call her my doctor. When she was in Cleveland, she was my doctor. But they, 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 they snatched her away to a big time hospital. I'll just say, uh, we're not even calling out her place, place of employment. But, but you know if I'm saying, if they took her from Cleveland Clinic, it, it ain't but so many other hospitals that's bigger than Cleveland Clinic. So she's at one of those. They took her away, so she's not technically my doctor anymore. But she's the chill talk doctor, that's for sure. So she called me up. She said, chill, I want to talk about the vaccine trials because we, we having a problem. Black people don't want to participate in the trials. We don't have enough black participation in the vaccine trials. It's a problem. So I said, you know what? I'll fire it up. I'll fire up a, a, a chill talk. And I know just the people to back you up because they want to talk about it too. And they're going to appreciate being on here uh, with the doctor of your credentials to talk about it. So we have none other than my brother from the pseudo killers, from the Amon Ra squad, my man, the, the legendary. Anka Keck. What's going on, Anka? Hey, Black African Power Chill, man. How you doing? How you doing, Sean? And I'm glad uh, to be sitting amongst uh, the doctor. How you doing, Doc? How you feeling? Good. All right. Also, we have my brother, Eni Arrest, Sean Kalfani, author, co-author of... See, one book fell on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I got too many books stacked up next to me. Co-author of Spares of the Mossy, Volume 1. 
and brand new hot off the press from Spears to Pins, Spears of the Mossy Volume 2, a historical survey of the minds of African warrior scholars. Sean, you getting it in, bro. What's going on, Sean? Hey, man. Glad to be here, man. I just I do want to say ETM Hotel, Rennie Sean, that's welcome in peace. My name is Sean. I'd like to thank everybody for uh, tuning in today. Like the show, share the show, tell a friend, tell a friend. Um, glad, uh, always glad to be amongst you, brother Chill, you, uh, the doctor, um, and as well as brother Unk. Um, this is a good topic, great discussion. I'm ready to have it. And I'm glad we got, you know, someone in the medical field who's advocating for vaccine trials and, and vaccine safety and vaccines in general. Uh, so I'm just ready to learn and build. Okay, I appreciate you brothers on here. Now, I do want just to, you know, just to give you, just so you know that I'm, I'm not just jumping up here with a, calling somebody a doctor who's, who's, you know, like Dr. Dre or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. just, just so you know, and, and I, I always say this, she got both sides covered just in case y'all want to talk a little slick, all right? She has a degree in biology. From Human biology. Human biology. Yeah. Get me together, Doc. She has a degree in human, not like biology of cows or something like that. She has a degree in human biology from Stanford University. Am I saying that correct? It's not the yes. University of Stanford, it's Stanford University? Yes. <laughs> okay, Stanford University. And, and for you people, you, you real woke black folks, real quick, they're like, oh, she went to the white people's school. You know? Okay, how about this? She has her medical degree from the from the most black soulfulest university on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Howard University, H U. You know. So, as a matter of fact, Howard University just got through her 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 her, her uh, alumni, her her sorority sister just just got announced being the vice principal presidential running mate. I'm calling her. Is it too soon to call her uh, uh, 47? <laughs> Maybe even 46 and a half. Right. But anyway, <laughs> a degree from Stanford University, one of the most prestigious colleges in the nation, and a degree from Howard University with the brothers and the sisters. So don't y'all, don't, don't, don't act like that. The woke brothers don't act like that. Stanford and Howard. So we don't want to hear any problems. All right, real quick, uh, Doc, what, what's, what's the concern about uh, Black people not being represented uh, in, the, in the vaccine trial process? Talk to me about that. Well, uh, the big picture is we need Black people to volunteer for clinical trials, period. There's all kind of clinical trials, all kind of medications for all kind of medical conditions going on all the time. And the issue is we need more black people to be involved in the trials because once these trials come to market, these are medications that you may be being prescribed by your doctor, blood pressure medicine, diabetes medicine, allergy medicine, so at some point in life, you may have to take medicine and I encourage black people to be involved in the trials because we need your, we need your 
DNA, your ethnic background, we need your genes, your biology involved in these clinical trials to shape um, the medications and how they come out and who they're used for. We need your information to be involved in any kind of clinical trial, specifically for the coronavirus vaccine. We need, we need your uh, participation in being healthy volunteers, trying the being involved in the phase three trials that are currently going on with a couple of vaccines at NIH. Um, I, I don't know the first person who said this, but if you're not at the table, you might be lunch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So okay. it's, I, we, we all know the reasons why lots of people, not just black people, lots of people are skeptical about being involved in um, clinical research when it comes to these kind of things. But the way they do clinical trials, they do them the right way. So oh, we, we need participation. Go ahead, Doc. The right way is you sign a consent. You know what you're signing up for. It's no tricks about what it is. Um, and not all clinical trials are the same thing. Sometimes you can be a healthy subject. Sometimes you don't know what you're getting. Are you getting the healthy, the placebo? Are you getting the medication? Um, there's lots of different ways that clinical trials are done. And so you can go on the NIH website there's all kind of clinical trials going on at all times. And we need, historically, we need, we always need more black people to be involved in clinical trials. Take for example, blood pressure medicine that a lot of us take. It's not, a, it's not enough of us who were involved in a lot of clinical trials with blood pressure medicine, except for those particular clinical trials that are run for black people studying medicine for black people, which a lot of us are gonna take. And so over the years, a lot more of that is going on, but you know, we have a lot of mistrust of the medical community and research. And I understand where that comes from, but I think it's time for us to realize that, but understand how clinical trial, trials are done currently that are acceptable. Okay, and you and you and I talked earlier, uh, Doc, that something that I didn't even realize, I didn't even think about, and not that this should weigh on the necessity to be involved in the trials, but they pay a nice, they pay a couple of dollars to be involved in these trials. As far as I know, the big clinical trials, um, once they get to the phase three study, which is the large scale trials on real people, um, like currently the current vaccine trial that's being done right now, they're signing up 30,000 people up. So that's a huge trial. The more people you have, the more you can evaluate whether the vaccine works and how safe it is before it, you start using it. Um, but as far as I know, ever since I've been a physician, clinical trials, they pay. And these are your tax dollars at work. So whether you're involved or not, 
your tax dollars are paying for these clinical trials. So you might as well be involved and take the benefit of, and then a lot of clinical trials, it's not just about taking medicine. Some, depending on what they're studying, they might check your blood count, check your cholesterol, click you for diabetes, check your blood pressure. So with a lot of different clinical trials, you get a little evaluation too. Okay, now I do wanna say, of course, we're, we are talking uh, to, to uh, Dr. Benita Cole, again, uh, a degree uh, in human biology and uh, um, from Stanford and a medical degree from Howard University. So just to let you know, I just don't have a, a doctor on here because like she's a DJ doctor, like Dr. Dre or somebody like that. But I mean, I have done that, but in this case, no. But I do want to also acknowledge that we have been joined uh, by Brother Wu Zhao, uh, who, who told me that if he got a chance, that he would he would pop in. So I, I do see him all. So I'd like to also welcome Brother uh, Wu Zhao to the, to the chat, to the discussion. What's going on, bro? Hey, peace to you, uh, uh, MC Chill. Peace to the panel, uh, Dr. Cole, Brother Unk, Brother Sean, and to all the listeners. And, you know, since I'm just coming in i i'm just observing to catch up on the conversation but i definitely love what the doctor has just said um i think that's very very important and i and i could just imagine that this is how the conversation is going to go so i got my finger on the on the uh unmute mute so i, I will definitely be chiming in right. okay uh we we appreciate that and 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 I, uh dr cole i specifically uh invited these brothers that are on the panel right now because they deal every single day dealing with people that are uh, mis mis untrusting of, of vaccines, of vaccine trials, of, of the, the medical literacy, medical community. And I wanted them to come on because they deal with the, with the issues, the questions, the conspiracies every single day. Uh, Unk, uh, Brother Unk, if you kind of want to, you know, let, let the people know and let Dr. Cole know some of, the, some of the reasons that you are out here combating the other side saying that we should not participate. Not only not participate in the trials, but not even take the vaccine if and when one is 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 okay well chill you know i've been uh i debated the largest vax anti-vax scene movement um robert f kennedy kennedy jr so you know i went up against a money base uh this was back in december uh, so you know i've been fighting to educate the community with the proper knowledge and wisdom so they can make an informed choice on whether they want to take vaccines or not so it's just been, you know, our job, the Amaral Squad, pseudo killers, Moss Clan warriors, uh, just to kind of give the real information and not the pseudo information or the misinformation, you know, so that uh, uh, so the doc can do her job. And, and it's important. So, you know, what I really want to do real fast is when you study the first thing we learn, doc, this is a, this is a two part question to you, right? So race is just a social construct. And you, like you said, you have a doctor in biology. Is that correct? Yes, there's no biological basis for race. And I always give people the example in medical school, in the anatomy lab, um, 
at Howard and probably other schools, a lot of people, when they pass away, they donate their body to the school to be used um, as a cadaver for us learning anatomy. And so it's all kind of people who donate their bodies, black people, white people, all shapes and sizes. But when you're doing your um, cadaver uh, dissections and when you open up the human body, everybody looks the same on the inside. Mm. Different on the outside, but everybody's heart, you know, for the most part is in the same place. Everybody's kidneys are in the same place. So there's no biological basis for race. Now, yes, people have genetic differences, but that's based on the genes that you have that you're given from your mother and your father. And those genes are expressed in different ways. And um, modern uh, medicine and medications are starting to use that information that we have now to develop drugs that will work for this genetic group or this genetic group or you have these genes so this medicine will be better for you and so there's a whole emerging science of tailoring a medication for you based on your genes but this is not about how you look this is about what you have inside your body i've watched hold on doc watch this hold on don't you you almost letting the cat out the bag because that's what i was going to ask you the question is right since there's no such thing as race, right? Then why would you need black people? Since we all the same, basically, then why why you need black people in the study? Why can't you just use them for guinea pigs? Other people, why you need us if there's no race specific medicine? So, like I said, it's not it's not necessarily it's not your skin color that we need. It's your genetic background that we need involved in these studies. So. I tell black people already know this. We all know that we're not a hundred percent. Our genes are not a hundred percent from the continent that we currently call Africa. We have been all mixed up over the years and we all know why, but I have a lot of white patients. Um, so I'm in, in the Southern Maryland area. So Maryland, as we know, they have a history, they had enslaved people and everybody's all mixed up. And I tell my white patients all the time when we get on the discussion of diseases and what diseases are from what genetic group, what genes are from what part of the world. And I say, white people, a lot of white people, you guys are not as white as you think you are. And in Southern <laughs> Maryland, they answered me back most of the time. Yeah, we know, they know, it's not a secret. So it's jinx. So you basically saying that the reason we need to participate is based off of our diversity of genes that That's all. Correct. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Appreciate that. Okay. Yes. But it's not about because when you when you sign up for a driver's license or even a clinical trial on the box that says race, what box you check off? You know, when you read um, research studies, they always designate. These are people's self-reported designation of what their race are, mm -hmm. what their race is. That means this is what the patient says their race is. Now, right. as you know, 
Mm-hmm. What's the saying? Mama's baby, Papa's maybe. <laughs> a lot of people really never will know their actual genetic background. So that's all self-reported. But the more and more knowledge that we have and ways to drill it down and find out somebody's genetic background, we can tailor medications to what your genes are to find a medication that may work better for you. But that's a whole, that's a whole emergent, emergent um, science that we're getting to. And hopefully Mm -hmm. maybe in 10, 20 years, Mm -hmm. we can say, you need this medicine for your high blood pressure. This one is better for your genetic background and not just looking at somebody and deciding based on what they look like. Yeah, that's deep. Um, You know, I'm listening to somebody else jump in, but I really, because I know our community um, is kind of just perplexed because they don't understand that what you see in the mirror doesn't necessarily mean what you are genetically. So I think that's important for us to to get that. And then you made a powerful statement about, you know, we we don't have all the continental African genes. Uh, That's important to know. And it's just, it's a whole education process. We gotta kind of get back, beat the fear back because we had this fear factor with the different studies. And I think you said it earlier, you said, well, they, you said they doing it right. And what you meant was, was that you know, actually, you know, uh, you, you're signing the waiver, you're reading it, they making sure you know what it is. You're not just signing your stuff over like they did in Tuskegee, where the people didn't necessarily know what it was that they was doing. And I think, Based off of things like that, they've actually fixed it. And that's kind of important that we gotta be able to move forward if we're gonna continue uh, uh, living in this world. We gotta be able to move forward from our fears. All right, now what I, and I cause I want, I wanna, you know, ask uh, to, to have Sean come on and also contribute to the part that we're talking about right now is kind of expressing to Dr. Cole, some of the things that you've had to fight day to day on your, your social media platforms uh, as, as an author of a, of a brand new book. Uh, but what are some of the things that you're hearing from the opposition that are opposed to not only vaccines, but even being involved in, in the, the vaccine trials? Yeah. Um, my man it's we fight a lot but one of the most important things is pretty much the the hesitate the hesitancy from our people is centered around numerous arguments pretty much the anti-vaxxer movement argument so they have problems with uh the ingredients of particular vaccines but they're never specific so they don't know that different vaccines have different ingredients that's that so so that's one of the battles that I have, Doc. The the other battle that um that we have is, you know, and I think somebody said it in the chat, and uh, I think Dan, yeah, Daniel said it in the chat. He says, uh, "What about the concerns of dead viruses being injected in you? Can you explain?" Like we know why these things occur and happen, but nobody else seems to understand it. So maybe if it comes from you, these answers that would give some clarity to it. And so that goes to what is a vaccine in the first place? So the point of a vaccine 
is to prevent you from getting a particular disease. So I'm gonna give you an example of a vaccine and how it's working in a way that most people don't think about. So let's talk about the HPV vaccine. That's a vaccine against the human papillomavirus. So that virus is sexually transmitted. And when the virus um, infects a woman, it can increase her risk for cervical cancer. Um, when it infects, it infects a man, if, if you are a man who has sex with men with anal sex and you have anal warts, it can cause anal cancer. So it is a virus that causes cancer in, um, in smooth cells, like cells in the vagina, or sorry, cells on the cervix, cells in the rectum, depending on how that virus is transferred from person to person. So other than that, we don't really care about the human papillomavirus. It can also cause warts on your fingers, on your toes, but that doesn't lead to any kind of cancer that we need to be concerned about. But cervical cancer is a problem. And so that vaccine was developed. I'm just going to say, I'm going to say about eight to 10 years ago, it's given, it's recommended for girls and boys between age nine and 26. And the whole point is to give the vaccine before people become sexually active. So by the time you're going to be sexually active and be exposed to the virus, you're already vaccinated. And so the guidelines for doing the pap test in women has changed most recently last week from the American Cancer Society. And that is because of how effective this HPV vaccine has been. So parents have had their children, boys and girls vaccinated against the HPV, um, in, uh, against the human papillomavirus. And so now the current recommendation is to consider not starting doing your pap test at age 25 instead of age 21, because this vaccine has lowered the amount of people getting cervical cancer. So the rate of new cases of cervical cancer has gone down so much that we're pushing forward the age where we start doing the pap test. So that is how a vaccine can work to prevent disease. And I always tell people um, about the HPV vaccine, it is actually probably one of the first, if it isn't the first, you can consider a cure for cancer because getting that vaccine and giving it before people are exposed to that virus, they, for a woman, the theory is you'll never get cervical cancer. And if 80% 80, 80 of cervical cancers or 80, at least 80% or maybe even more are caused by the human papillomavirus. We get rid of the human papillomavirus, then we don't have any more cervical cancer. So this vaccine has been very effective in serving that purpose. Okay, well, let me ask you this, Doc. Uh, okay, I, I, I don't know if you're talking to us, but you won't mute. You might, might not be talking to us. Yeah, I ain't gonna cut in on you like that. That great doctor just had put some serious information out. You know, we I said that's a vaccine that, that against cancer, and that dot rock out. I'm just so excited. Just rock out. Let me shut up. Let the dot rock. Go ahead. <laughs> so what I was gonna say as far as what a vaccine is, that's an example of what a, a vaccine does. So 
what a vaccine is as far as preventing an infectious disease like coronavirus, basically the vaccine is a part of the virus. So it's not the whole virus. So getting the vaccine with the part of the virus cannot give you the disease because it's not enough of the virus to cause disease. But it, the vaccine has enough for the piece of the virus so your body recognizes that foreign entity in your body and your body um, uh, starts to make antibodies against that piece. So that when it sees the real virus with that piece on it, it can attack that virus and your cells can take it in and get rid of it. And uh, so that prevents you from getting the disease. And that's just the simple way that vaccines work. So the vaccine now, most, most, most vaccines that we use now are what we call killed virus, meaning the virus is not active. It cannot cause disease. Um, we don't really use a whole lot of live virus um, vaccines anymore. Chill, you on mute. I know, I'm moving towards it. Thank you. Uh, so, that, that, so that's another overemphasized, I won't call it a mis misnomer, but it's overemphasized because uh, we what's been going around the community is that the vaccines contain like all they all contain live viruses, no. meaning that if you get a vaccine, you're actually giving yourself a virus that will end up making you sick. No. And, I mean, I know you because I know how you are, uh, Doc. You'd be like, no. OK, but. So for example, the flu vaccine. Now, a lot of times people get symptoms after getting the flu vaccine. Mm -hmm. the flu vaccine is killed virus, so it can't give you the flu. But <laughs> when you get symptoms after getting the flu vaccine, that actually is, that means your immune system is responding to the vaccine. So I often tell people you don't feel that good for you know a few days, seven days. And remember the flu vaccine in particular is a seasonal thing. It's, you get, you're supposed to get it every fall because the virus mutates, they make that vaccine every fall. So if you got the flu vaccine one season and you didn't like it, the vaccine next season is different and you may not respond that way. Okay, now before I ask you, do you understand why black people are, are not, are untrusting, are not trusting, do not trust uh, the vaccine process, any trial process, certain medical processes. Before, before we get to that, I also wanna ask uh, Wu Zhao, does he have any, because he, I mean, I, I see him daily uh, kind of in battle with people with alternative information, pseudoscience, all kinds of other conjecture. <laughs> I see him dealing with these, and, and he does it very well. Uh, Brother Wujah might be up for a medical de degree. He might not be a doctor, but he damn sure plays one on, uh, on Facebook and, and YouTube. <laughs> but uh, uh, Brother Wujah, if, if you have a second, and while we're talking to the doctor, what what things do you most 
often hear that you are really probably getting tired of of kind of explaining, re-explaining, showing people charts and graphs. And what are some of the things that you want the doctor to know that out here in the field that you have to deal with uh, combating misinformation? I got to deal with it with my own patients, one by one. <laughs> um, okay. Well, first, let me say this. Um, I, I have a family of doctors in my family. My sister is a graduate from Howard University as well. I'm from Washington, D.C., at the DMV. And uh, her husband, my brother-in-law, he's also a graduate from Howard University. And they've been um, in the medical field ever since. And we now live in, they live in Georgia. I live in Georgia. And he's an OBGYN and she's a, um, I forgot her exact title, but they, they both teach at Emory, you know, Emory um, Hospital. He teaches at Morehouse and, he's all, and he, also, he also does his practice or they do their practice. So I can go to them. So, you know, I have that in my arsenal in terms of education and things like that. But I'm also taking actually taking uh, taking a online course in um, epidemiology uh, and things like that right now because of the pandemic. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to sound stupid. I don't you know, I got to make sure I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, to answer your question, though, um, man, if I had to sum it up, it's really a battle against just overall ignorance. Like just people don't know. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that people don't know. Like I found that a lot of people just don't know how the immune system works to even know the principle of a vaccine as, as you all just explained. You know, what does a vaccine do? Why do we need it? Why, you know, what's the principle behind it? And so because of that lack of information, people have, you know, they make up things and they, and they you know, kind of repeat this made up, narrative and so i just been battling that just just in the sense of educating people on on what a vaccine is as an educator of the immune system you know stimulates an immune response you know so i'm always going into things like that just telling people what it's for um and so the biggest thing that i i um have to combat is the the i mean you know the ignorance is there and I can, I get it. I understand because nobody, you know, nobody has the time to, you know, uh, research everything or, or have a degree and everything. But it's to the point where it's willful ignorance now, where people are, are actually lazy and they just latch on to something and then run with it. And they're just repeating misinformation. And it's, it's almost like the more you repeat it, the truer it is, which is totally unscientific. So my thing is just to educate people on every single point. I don't give anybody wiggle room when it comes to vaccines, when it comes to the uh, SARS-2, SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19, the disease, um, the differences between what a vaccine does, what therapeutics do, antivirals do, um, all of these different things. You know, I just go into the details, leave no wiggle room and just hope people will just either take heed, you know, research on their own, and uh, make informed decisions as opposed to just believe in anything. So that's pretty much, I mean, it's, it's a whole laundry list, but I'm not going to get, you know, take up your time. But that, you know, overall is just all around ignorance. All right. Uh, real quick, Doc, you, you were saying as I was bringing Wujao on, and, I, and I'm glad uh, that Wujao gave that information about his, uh, his continued studies. That's and, big ups on that one, bro. Uh, but as you were saying, that you hear it from 
your patience. Uh, I, I want you to talk about that, but I mean, I actually can't talk about this specific patient, but just the, the general feeling of people that, that you see. Now, I mean, but I know the people that I hear these brothers talking to, at least when they get to you, they're actually seeing a doctor. They're in front of a doctor. Some, some medical occurrences are happening by the time they talk to you. We're trying to get them to at least to that point. So, but but kind of talk about some of the some of the misunderstandings uh, that you have to deal with actually in the field. So, um, just like the other gentleman said, a lot of people still think that the vaccine is actually giving you live virus, and fortunately everything that I give people for routine things is not live virus anymore. The last one was that shingles vaccine, but um, it's no longer live virus anymore. As of the last, I think three, four years, the newest one is killed virus. Um, a lot of people don't see why getting vaccines is necessary. Um, a lot of black people they say, well, I'll take my chances. If I get the disease, I'll be okay. Um, people don't like the flu shot because if they get symptoms behind the flu shot, they don't like how that feels. But I'll be honest with you. I've had last, last flu season, I had two or three people. They did not, they would not get that flu vaccine. And these are people in their 30s. They're not old people. They got that flu influenza in uh, January and February, knocked them on their butt. No, so this was two seasons ago. And those patients, the next season, they was running trying to get that flu shot. <laughs> <laughs> because getting influenza is no fun. Mm -hmm. So... And I tell people, okay, you don't get this flu shot. You know, if you get the flu, I can't help you. I don't have no cure. I don't have no magic wand. I'll come in. I'll look at you and see you back home and tell you go to go to bed. <laughs> but the problem with influenza is that a lot of people, you know, we're we're stuck on the coronavirus now. But I think of last season, eighty thousand people in this country died from from influenza. So. Influenza is always a big deal. It's a big deal. One time. So um, it's about preventing disease. Um, coronavirus, we all see what's happening in this country. We don't have leadership from the top. Fortunately, I live in the state of a state where the governor has some, some pretty good sense about him. And we got testing and we, we have institutions in our area who we made our own tests <laughs> because we couldn't rely, we couldn't wait on the federal government. Um, but it's with coronavirus, how you get tested depends on where you live. There's some states, you've seen it on TV, people lined up for hours and hours just trying to get tested. I mean, you can't. You're talking about epidemiology. You can't do anything about a pandemic if you can't figure out who has it. Right. 
And then the other thing is we need to, you need to call your Congress people. There, we need to pay people to stay at home. I don't say have a problem with it. It's my tax dollars, it's my money. And I want people to have $600 a week to stay home <laughs> because that's how you slow down. If you don't give the virus a chance to go from person to person, that's how you get rid of the pandemic short of have we don't have a vaccine yet that's the only thing we're going to do okay i know i know Ankh wants to say something but real quick because you brought up shingles and, and Ankh actually i believe said something to me about shingles mm -hmm. uh really quick uh doc talk talk to us because that's something that, that kind of gets past us mm -hmm. uh real quick talk to us about about shingles because that was something that Ankh brought up to me the other day so Shingles is um, caused by the virus that causes chickenpox. It's a varicella zoster virus. Um, in the course of me being, when I first started being a doctor, we didn't have a vaccine to that, a chickenpox vaccine. But now all children get the chickenpox vaccine. So the the cases of shingles over the course of me being a doctor has gone way, way down because we're giving it to the kids. So there's probably going to be a time where people aren't going to have shingles anymore. But so you can have chicken pox at some point in your life or be exposed to the virus that causes chicken pox. You don't have to have chicken pox to get shingles later on in life. And so what that virus does, it, it lays dormant in the central in your in your nervous system and it comes out um, always on one side of the body a very painful rash the shingles vaccine we current the cdc currently recommends get, getting it starting at age 50 i definitely try to encourage people to get it by age 60 and the reason why we recommend that is because it's the older people who get the worst kind of shingles when it comes out on one side of the face it can get in the eye, cause vision problems. And so that, that vaccine is recommended starting at age 50, definitely by age 60 to prevent getting the worst kind of shingles when it comes out on your face. It's very painful. It can have long-term pain effects on the nerves. Most people only get shingles once in life, but I've had people get shingles more than once, two, three times. In fact, the last message that I read for the day when I got back home and logged on and read my last message was one of my patients is in the ER diagnosed with shingles. That was okay. today. I'm going to let Ankh and, and, and Sean get in here, but you, two, two, two things, two organizations that have been it has, in some form or fashion have come under attack from various sides. And that's the CDC and the World Health Organization. You didn't mention that yet, but I was going to bring that up anyway. But, you know, what is the importance of having a, having a fully functioning, well-functioning uh, CDC? And how important is the uh, World Health Organization in the grand oh. scheme of things? I know much more about the CDC. Well, the World Health Organization is just a more global form of the CDC. And that is our nation's um, 
epi, I'll say epidemiological warrior to help us fight all kinds of diseases. Um, they, the CDC, we mostly know about trying to fight infectious diseases. Um, and the way things are supposed to work when you have leadership is that you fund the CDC and all their scientists to direct combating a disease like coronavirus, like they did, we all remember Ebola. Um, that, those are where the big scientists are to help us you know, fight something like coronavirus. But if you're not gonna listen to them and, 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 and put policies in place to have a mass um, testing, contact tracing, put the funds in the public, local public health departments where they need to be and not you know, piss off all the county health department people. So they're now they're, a lot of them are quitting they're getting death threats from people. I mean, people didn't sign up for all that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what the CDC is for. It's our research about preventing spreading infectious diseases, that's, that's a big part of what they do. That's not all they do, but that's a big part of what the center, it's called the Centers for Disease Control. That's what it is. Okay, now Ak, I know you have something to say, but but remind me to get back to contact tracing because that's a that's another issue uh, that we we sometimes have a problem with. In, in so that instance. means when the health department calls, answer their questions. They're not trying to get into your business. They just need to ask you some questions so they can move on to the next person. <laughs> All right. Well, since you since you addressed it already, how how important? I know you gave it a real succinct uh, description, but how important is that in the process of, uh, of, of trying to, to do something about this, this pandemic? That's how you control the transmission of the disease. Like, for example, I have a patient a couple of weeks ago had some diarrhea and I ordered a test on his stool and he actually has an infectious kind of E. coli that we think he got from some beef that he ate. Um, a lot of infectious diseases are what we call reportable. That means when that person is diagnosed with it, the lab contacts the health department and the health department calls that person and gets the history behind what happened. So for in his example, they may call the grocery store where he got his meat. That's real important, is it? So they can call the grocery store and say, hey, where did you buy this meat? What farm did you get this cow from to prevent disease? And that's what contact tracing is about. So with the respiratory virus like coronavirus, I was at this block party and these are the people I was with and I got sick and she got sick and then they call these people and they call these people because the key is not just about testing. It's about once you know you've been exposed, you got to isolate yourself for the amount of time that the CDC says. So if you have it, even if you don't have symptoms, you cannot spread it to somebody else. That's why contact tracing is important. So that person can isolate themselves from the general public. So they 
they can pass that contagious period, which is different depending on which infection you're talking about. Okay, I'm gonna let Aunt get in here, but also Doc, we starting to lose you more and more. You, your camera's getting, oh. after a while, we just go see the, the top of your, <laughs> we just go see your forehead. All right, go ahead, Aunt. Well, first of all, Chill, I'm not rushing to speak when the great doctor is speaking. Um, she needs to have her avid time. Trust me with that. She's she's a paid professional. And, you know, we, we live for these moments. So if you want to let her continue to answer those questions, you know, you can go ahead, Chill, for real. Okay. No, I'm just saying, because I know she, I know that you, you have specific questions, but because, you know, I can just keep on asking her questions. And Okay. Well, I won't, won't let you do that then. Listen. She spoke on it. She spoke about the CDC. So the, we know the CDC started in about 1946, and their sole job was to stop malaria from spreading across the nation. So before that point, they just did, they wasn't following infectious diseases like that. And that their role is very, very important. I read a good book called De A Deadliest uh, Enemy by Michael uh, Osterholm, right? Uh, he's an infectious disease. Uh, uh, what they want to call uh, like, like a uh, um, what do you call somebody like a uh, man? I can't even get the words for it. Anyway, he he tracks down, you know what I'm saying, infectious diseases. Like these are this is so important, and for people to turn that around and to make people like that and stuff like that the enemy is pure malarkey, pure misinformation, and 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 I'm not trying to get nobody in trouble. But the reality is, this information is formed in communities, you know what I'm saying, that are not qualified. Let me put it that way. So, 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 so our, our families, our people refuse to get quality information based off of the way they feel, right, about white people. We refuse to go to professionals. Now watch this. But yet, we will go to the discarded Europeans, right, who's been thrown out, licenses taken, and considered to be quacks. We'll go to them for information. It's the darndest thing ever. I do not understand it. We try to do everything, meaning we don't want to go to the doctors. We want to try to use herbs against viruses, right? Vaccines, the only one that can actually stop the disease, like the good doctor said. We, we don't want to do regular checkups, right? We want to do everything. You can't do everything. So the question I want to ask you, Doc, is people tell me this all the time. Human beings been around for 200, 300,000 years. Why do you think they need that? They've been making it fine for the last 300,000 years. Why do we need the vaccines now? Now, I know the answer, but I want you to go ahead and take a stab at it. Well, if you do even a little human, a little reading about human beings on this planet, we ain't always been fine. <laughs> and we're not fine now. No, we're not. <laughs> so let's take the, the, the Spanish flu epidemic of 1918. Everybody on this earth that can read needs to pick up. There's so many books have written about it. You need to read about it because that's the closest one that compares to what we're doing now. What they went through in 1918, we doing the same foolishness. 
Mm-hmm. We have not learned nothing in 102 years. The people back then didn't want to wear a mask. Philadelphia, they had a big parade and Philadelphia got jacked up in 1918. We're doing the same foolishness that happened 100 years ago. This has happened before. This is not new. This world has seen many pandemics. We have not always been fine. We haven't been fine when we were hunter-gatherers. Well, some of us. Well, yes, a lot of us were hunter-gatherers running from the saber-toothed tiger. We ain't never been fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's a... Yeah, and there's more people now, too. So we're in more ecological niches where a lot of animals are so that, you know, these viruses, dynamic, transferring. So it's the whole different... Like, 7 billion people as opposed to maybe what? 300,000, like it's, come on. We ain't never been fine. And you're talking about, you're talking about animals. Climate change is part of the problem because climate change changes how animals live, where they live, which animals live next to this one. And so climate change is making animals habitat change. And so this animal didn't used to live next to this animal, but now they do. And their viruses is going from one species to another. And then it's jumping to us because we going to get animals and living in close proximity. So we are our worst enemy. So human beings, we na- we have never been really fine. It's a, We've always got something going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. And then I, there's, there's ahead, sex, sexually transmitted diseases. We ain't never been fine with sexually transmitted diseases, ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do have some people with some questions. Uh, from the chat, I see I see my brother, my, my big brother Vince Robinson in the building. Big ups to him, but I also see uh, Wujao has his he's unmiked, so I don't know if he he, he yeah. Wujao, go ahead, bro. Yeah, I just want to um, say this <clears throat> in case we kind of overlook it, and and you know, um, somebody just said something. I forget if I don't know if it's you, uh, uh, Doctor or Unc, but. People have to really understand the difference between individualism when it comes time to when it comes down to health versus population health. And if people just really just took a time out to take take epidemiology 101 to understand that it's dealing with public health uh, for a population of people and how a virus spreads, then they'll kind of understand why certain decisions are made, why the mask. Why the washing of hands? Why the social distancing? It's not so much an individual, but it's to, it's to monitor the, the infectious spread, the spread, because then this is where virology 101 comes into play. Because if you learn the basics about how a virus behaves and what it is, people will know that a virus needs a host. So if a person is infected, then if they isolate themselves, the virus cannot jump to another host and extend its life. As a, as, a, as a species, for lack of a better word. So the virus will die within that single person and, and not spread. And so the goal of, of um, during a pandemic is to eradicate and eliminate a virus, basically make it extinct. Only way you can do that is if you do not give the virus what it wants, which is another host. And if people just understand those basic things, then they'll, they'll begin to understand why decisions are made the way that they're made 
you know, and, and the guidelines that are set forth, if, you know, then it, then, then it'll, it'll kind of lessen the tension between, oh, do I have to trust this or trust that the mask is an infringement on my freedoms and my constitutional rights and this and that, you know, so I'm just, I just want to interject that, that that's important. I think and it goes back to what I said. It's really a, um, a fight against ignorance. If people just simply slow down and just learn some basic things, the, the two things I mentioned, plus some basic things about the immune system, I think it will go a long way. So what I would like to add is <clears throat> the question is what, is, what is a virus? So just in general terms, virus is an organism that cannot live on its own. It has to use a host to replicate itself and make two viruses and two virus turns into four viruses and four virus turn into 16 viruses. A virus needs to use your, it has a way to get past your immune system, use your cells to replicate. And then with the coronavirus, when you cough, when you talk, when you sneeze, those virus particles goes from you to the next person and then they replicate in that person. And so the person that the virus is uh, replicating in is called like with the, what he said, the host. And so I'll just be honest. We are very, a lot of us in this country are very selfish. Like he said, you're only thinking of yourself, but wearing the mask prevents you if you are infected from infecting someone else. But it also is limiting the amount of virus particles in the environment. So it really does ultimately help everyone for everyone to wear masks when they're in public. And the whole physical distancing, the six feet apart, that gives you space between one person and another person. So the virus cannot go from one host to another. So it's about, it's just simple. Um, mechanics, preventing that virus from getting to the next person by wearing the mask, separating um, yourself from others to prevent the infection until we get a vaccine. Okay, letting again the people know that we're here, uh, myself, Brother Ankh, Bujau, Brother Sean, we're here with Dr. Benita Cole. Uh, Again, her credentials, uh, she got me straight. She has a degree in human biology from Stanford and her medical degree from, from Howard. So uh, I do have a question from, from the chat. Uh, uh, Brother Vince, he, he's restating his question, so I must have missed it before. And I think it alludes to, you're talking about uh, no genetic, well, the genetic difference of, of black people receiving these, these diseases. Anyway, he says, will the genetic differences result in different vaccines based upon people's genetic makeup or will everyone receive the same vaccine? You all, you on mute, doc. I don't, I don't think we're there yet with vaccines. Maybe in 20 years we'll be there, but we need as many different kinds of people to participate in the clinical trials for the vaccines. So when they're in phase three trials and they're testing and they're looking at 30,000 people, 
you want a good sample of the kind of people that are in your population and that gives you the best information about is this vaccine going to work on this population or not okay i appreciate that and vince if, if you want to have a follow-up based on her answer go ahead and and uh shout it out also what's going on uh what's up juju uh my brother Darren Robert Smooth, he's a, he's appreciating the information and the people being brought together on the channel. Of course, my BFF, uh, myself and Smooth's BFF, Ladosha, is in, in the building. So anybody also, and Sean, I know you're good. Sean not only is when Sean is on here, he not only uh, is on the panel, but he Sean mans the the chat room as well. He answers people back in the chat while he's actually on the panel. So Sean, if uh, you have some things that you saw that I might have missed uh, is going on in the panel, uh, please bring it to Dr. Cole while, while, we, while we have her in the building. Uh, go ahead, yeah, Sean, I'll see you on the mic. It's a couple of, it's a couple of little, you know, chit, little, you know, little questions, not too many. I wanna go back to what brother Vince said because he, he stated his question again, and I, I couldn't hear if it was answered. I thought I answered it for him, but he wanted to know uh, will the genetic differences, uh, differences as far as the results in different vaccines based upon people's genetics make up or will everyone receive the same vaccine? So he's, he's wondering if the genetic makeup, because we're, we're different genetically, Will we have a specific vaccine that'll be tailored toward us and will they have one? Now, I know the answer to the question, but I'm gonna let you answer. Well, I think she just addressed it, but I don't know if you wanna go back over that again. Well, what I, what I can say is, say we get um, a, a much more representative um, group of people who self-identify as African-American in a trial. Um, that's a variable that gets looked at as you're looking at the results and say um, this vaccine being done by this company in the NIH worked better with the black people than the white people. So, and that works with medications too. We see this works better with the white people. This may work better with the older people. This one works better for children. And then sometimes vaccines are decided to be better for this group. Take, for example, the flu vaccine. Older people, they have a, we give them the high dose flu vaccine versus the regular dose flu vaccine because older people are more susceptible to more serious complications from influenza. So they get a higher dose. Um, there are certain flu vaccines that the children get. So they're there is not likely to be only one vaccine for coronavirus like other vaccines for other diseases. I think there's like, I've seen numbers between 30 and 130 worldwide trials going on for different vaccines for just for the coronavirus. So worldwide, there are gonna be so many different vaccines and the more representation you get of your population the more you can see which vaccine may work better for this group or this group. They look at those variables when they're doing these vaccines. Okay, which brings me to a question that I, I brought up earlier. Okay, uh, go ahead, I see you, go ahead, bro. The, and they're gonna try to take your words and twist it up. 
because you, you were very clear early in the conversation, you was talking about genetic differences and, and talking about how people self-identify. So when you come take the test, I actually signed up for one. I'm waiting for them to get back. They just ask you a random test. What do you self-identify with? Right? So if you say you identify with Black people, then that's what they're talking about. The reality is what the doctor's talking about is talking about the genes, right? We know the genes are shuffled, right? Period, across the board. So you might have the gene that help to make your heart pump that come from what you would quote unquote classify as a European, right? It's about the genes is what she's talking about. And I know they're going to twist your words up because, oh, I told you, man, I told you, we totally different. Our genes are totally different. Stop it. I just wanted to bring it out because I know how they like to do it. I have a question. Um, Go ahead, okay. Um, well, I have a, I have a comment and then a question. It's going to lead to the, to the question. Um, the comment about the genetic thing, um, in terms of the uh, vaccine trials, the randomized control trials uh, that is being conducted, they don't map human, the human genome of the participants of the trial in order for that to inform them within that those controls. Um, it, it's a self-identifying thing for demographics and for a general information. It's a general variable that they, that they can um, have in, you know, I guess in the periphery of, of whatever the outcomes and things are for, for the diversity of the representation of the sample. But here's my question though. Um, we have different kinds of vaccines. You have the live attenuated ones, you have the killed vaccines and then the subunit vaccines. But now there's a fourth one that a lot of people are maybe are concerned about, which is the mRNA vaccine that operates a little differently. Um, so I don't know, uh, Dr. Cole, if you have any information on that, but um, some people are apprehensive of like, for example, Moderna is the company that the um, uh, NIA, uh, Dr. Fauci uh, talks about is, um, you know, doing the mRNA uh, vaccine and they're in their third phase, the, uh, phase three of their trials. But people are like, yo, wait a minute now, the mRNA, isn't that gonna alter our genes and, 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 and turn us into a, into a different kind of human being? And <laughs> so if you have any information that you could speak on that, I think that would be good to speak on um, in terms of that. Cause that, that, that's, I mean, at, at least the scientifically minded people, not the conspiracy theorists and stuff like that, that's a valid concern that I find in, in the critical thinking crowd of people as well. So. so it sounds like you know you have way more detail about what the Moderna trial is doing than what I do. But um, basically, um, RNA and DNA are, um, well, RNA and DNA, those are all part of your genetic makeup and those are the building blocks of your genes. And so a lot of times what they're doing with vaccines is not just targeting a piece of the vaccine, but targeting the, the actual DNA and RNA of that particular um, organism. But as far as what, what I am aware of, they're targeting the genetic makeup of the virus, not the human being. So the vaccine is not gonna change your genetic makeup. Is that correct? Did I say that correctly? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm saying yeah because see, that's that's the assumption when they when they hear RNA or mRNA vaccine, then they're like, oh, wait a minute, in the RNA, you know, the transmission constructions, uh, you know, I'm going to turn into a Borg robot or something, you know, I mean, you you kind of get that out there. So I just wanted to, you're hearing it from 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 you or or uh, to bring it up so people will know uh, more about that. Yeah, oh, human beings have DNA and RNA, but so do viruses. Exactly. That's how they. That's how they're able to uh, infect us. <laughs> right. Wuja, you're right, but that's like you know. So now these are like the, the third generation vaccines now. Those DNA and RNA vaccines, and so those RNA vaccines, DNA vaccines, they're actually synthetic. So that's even even better than the killed virus. You know what I'm saying? So, so these, these, these third, we're not even up on the protein vaccines. We still fighting people over the protein vaccines. The rest of the world is moving on these third generation vaccines and we're still miseducated. And I, and I guess I suppose this miseducation is based off of all our trials and tribulations and all we went through. So, I mean, I, I have compassion for that, but at a certain point, uh, I'm glad to have the doctor on the show so that we can have somebody that look like us, right? Tell us what it is so we don't hear people say, but that's the white man. See, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. So sis, you're, you're here, it, just being on this panel is, is like a breath of fresh air to hear a sister talk the way you talk, educate the way you talk, so people just don't think that we just messing up. We talking to you, we act, you look like us. You, 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 you care. As a doctor, you got to care about all people, plain and simple. But the fact that you look like us and talk like us, I think that's a, a, a chill. You did a good thing right here, bro. Thank I'm just thinking you know how important that is. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, Benita, so, so, so one of the things that, that they would, that Jay just brought up, do, what, what is your feeling about when people use the term white people's medicine? when they talk about medicine or the medical field as belonging to a race, primarily to Europeans. How do you, how, what are your thoughts when you hear things like that? So first of all, you gotta read. <laughs> so the whole study of medicine and healing, where did that come from historically? You, you asking us, you, you, you talking to the choir asking us. <laughs> well, yeah, so I guess that was a rhetorical question. In the secret place is in a secret vault called the library. <laughs> so the whole field of healing and a lot of medications that we use today come from plants and herbs, but they actually have a chemical in them that does something physiologic and biologic in fighting disease. And so a lot of us don't realize that came from people like us how many thousands of years ago. Okay, now I'm gonna okay. beat up to this one. Okay, good. I'm gonna beat up to this one. Me, All me. right, because he's gonna tell you about a can of worms you, you almost opened up. Yeah, uh, too late, it's out, the cat's out the bag. All right, now, when you brought up herbs and plants of course as we talked about as you and i talked about in previous shows when 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 the COVID 19 first came out there were 
all kinds of herbal remedies. People were on the chat asking you, well, can I take elderberry to, to fight the virus? Or can I, can I put my head over a pot of, of garlic water to, to fight it? Because sea moss can, okay, please talk to us about herbs. I mean, you just, but you kept knocking them down. No, 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 no. But we're, we're back at that again. So but since you brought up uh, herbs and plants, can you kind of reassess the point that you're making as it pertains to where we're at now medically? So I'm going to approach it a different way this time. Okay. So a virus attacked your own immune system and a big, um, a large weapon that you have is to have an immune system that is fully working and fully functional. Before we start talking about herbs, what can you do to help your immune system? Eat some green vegetables, eat some fruit, <laughs> exercise, stop being in the drive-through and eating fast food and fried food and, and butter. Go pick, pick a primary care doctor. A lot of us work for decades, decades, decades. They taking out that money out your paycheck every month for insurance and you'll never use it. Pick a doctor, go get your blood pressure checked. Is your blood pressure high? If you got diabetes, is it controlled? Are you eating how you supposed to eat? So this is what I tell people, kick the sandwich habit, lose weight, get rid of the starches and the sugar get rid of it, bread, rice, pasta, and white potatoes, and cakes, cookies, pies, donuts, ice cream, other fruit juices and sodas, drink some more water, exercise, stop off with this colon cleansing. Just put some spinach down there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you can help your immune system. That is gonna take you further than elderberry and anything else. And as far as coronavirus, and I hate to get medical news from the television, but some of it is actually very good. A lot of it is. The majority of people who have been hospitalized and admitted to the ICU with coronavirus infections are people that have underlying medical conditions. And it's not just that you have high blood pressure. Is it controlled? Is your blood pressure less than 120 over 80? No excuses. Is your blood pressure less than 120 over 80? Do you know what your blood pressure is? Are you supposed to be checking your blood pressure, but you don't check it? Because it's uncontrolled medical conditions that make people more susceptible to the complications of the coronavirus infection because your immune system is not right because you don't put the right food down there. You don't exercise. So that's, that'll take smoking. Don't forget the cigarettes. Okay, what, so about, people what want about people, marijuana? You know, I had a patient ask me that today who has diabetes and high blood pressure. <laughs> and I, I, she done got back on the wagon and she's getting better again. I don't. I'm the kind of doctor, I don't really feel strongly about marijuana. There's much more, there's much worse things 
um, that are detrimental to your health than marijuana. Alcohol is way more of a problem than marijuana when you use it regularly. Um, marijuana is, you can have a psychological dependence on it. And I don't think it's healthy for to have a habit with anything, including food. It, marijuana also impairs your ability to lay down memory. So I tell my patients, if you want to be goofy and stupid, I can't help you with that. <laughs> That's not a medical problem I'm going to chase down. <laughs> oh, that, that, vape, that vaping that's not good the young people are getting having problems with coronavirus um, because of that vaping it's altering their, their lung issues and making them more sick with coronavirus if they get infected so that's not good either so there's you, there's much, you can get much more bang for your buck with your immune system by eating how you're supposed to eat going to the doctor making sure if you have um, chronic conditions that they're controlled. That's much better than elderberry. <laughs> Did I say it differently this time? Yeah, yeah. We, wait, hey, chill. Well, yeah. Real quick, Doc, if you remember, you start off with, you, you talked about plants and herbs and how our ancestors uh, kind of revolutionary revolutionized that, you know, like in Egypt, they had they, they had uh, science based, evidence based uh, papyri, evidence based medicine, right? But I think the key point to tell people is this: is that these days it's called you talk about the active ingredients in plants. Right. Julian Percy he unlocked the magic of plants. He actually, you know, inside these plants they have chemicals the active yes. ingredients, the things that actually work. So they synthesize them these days. They go yes. to like the rainforest and different parts of the world. They talk to the medicine men and all that, but they don't just use the plant, they synthesize it. They take the active yes. ingredients out of it. And so our people should not be afraid of human beings moving forward in science and technology. Like it just makes sense to synthesize it. It makes sense now because now we understand what the actual active ingredients are. It was a black man, a scientist, Julian yeah. Percy. He, un he unlocked the secret magic of plants. And so I think through education, our people won't be as afraid. So, okay, so you, you're in the stone age with the herbs. We're in the space age and we're synthesizing those herbs. And I think we need to understand that, but you, you said it right, but you know, people are trying to take your herb statement and I told you them herbs work to stop disease. Can, just, I, can I add to that, please? Go ahead with your house. All right, let me just add to that. Because like I said, I don't give anybody wiggle room at all. Like, I'm choking people out <laughs> in terms of, <laughs> of the information. And and I just want to add to everything that was said that when it comes to plants and herbs, herbal supplements, plants, and even diet, nutrition, um, that they are a different conversation than what vaccines do. The function of those two things are totally different. A vaccine is an educator of the immune system. It educates your immune system to mount a defense against a pathogen. Food, whether it's in herb form, plant form, or just a, a plate full of collard greens, it, it's, it's, it's not seen as an enemy of your, of your body to, to, to trigger an immune response to train it to set up these anti antibodies and these T cell 
responses. So those are two totally different things. So when, when I see people try to argue those things, they always try to set it up as a as one or the other instead of using both. You got to eat healthy. You got to supply your body with the nutrients to have an immune system, uh, um, an e effective immune system. But the vaccine has a different function. So it's not either or, it's both. You have to have both. You, and, and it's a matter of time. These pathogens today, they, they, um, they do their jobs faster, uh, more faster than our immune system can naturally respond to it. Like back, like Unc, you said, um, ancient humans, you know, because we're still around today, then, then obviously they didn't need vaccines back then. You know, that whole line of, of conversation. Well, these pathogens today, due to climate change and stuff like that, they're more robust. They're more, they're, they're, they do their job faster, faster than our immune system catch up. So our immune system has to have, a, um, you know, a crash course, which is what a vaccine does. So I, I, I like to lay that out to separate it so people could just kill that because they're trying to confuse the conversation. You know, put one and, or the other instead of and. Put and in between them and we're good. That's it. So I will add to that. I had a patient today say to me something very profound. And when I have patients say things to me that's profound, I write it down. She is 77, doing well. She said to me, when I was talking to her about healthy eating, she said, food is medicine. And I thought about that. I said, yeah, it is. In some ways it is you can think of food as medicine in the sense that you're not necessarily eating because you like how it tastes or you're hungry. Um, but like Wujiao said, you're also, you're eating to keep yourself healthy to serve a purpose other than because you're hungry and you just, you just like what it tastes like. And the other thing is I will say about that is there are certain things that I tell people to try and avoid. There's a certain thing that we call an anti-inflammatory diet. Well, it's not really a diet, but it's about limiting things from animals because eating substances from animals versus plant-based can, in a lot of people, mount an inflammatory response, which also involves the immune system. And simple things like milk from a cow, cheese from a cow, those are the two big ones, especially milk, um, especially in children. We're the only species that drinks milk from another species. Just think about that. So as human beings, we do a lot of things that's against our physiology. So think of food, food can be considered medicine too, in some ways. Nice. And, there, and then there are, you know, people who eat a lot of fat in their diet. That's an inflammatory thing that goes on. And that fat and the high cholesterol, that's inflammatory to your arteries. So you got to think of these things together. Um, when you're thinking about trying to combat a disease on the individual level and then at a, a larger scale population health level. Okay, now I do want to ask you this because uh, I've heard Aunt tackle this one plenty of, of times. 
when you talk about food and, and health, of course, as Wu Zhao says, you know, all, often they work together. Okay, but just just to be clear, mm-hmm. can you? And I've I've heard I say this a couple of times. You can't you can't eat your way out of out of uh, out of a virus. Uh, so just to be clear, if you have a virus or you're trying to protect yourself from a virus, is there some super cool, healthy food that you can eat that's going to either cure you or the virus or, or prevent you from getting it all together? No. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Go ahead. So right. the thing is, the thing is, this virus, viruses, are is, they're smarter than we are. It takes how many scientists at the CDC to help us and worldwide to figure out how to get rid of this virus. And the virus right now is winning because we own some foolishness, but it, you can't, it's not that simple. I wish it was that simple, but it's not. Okay, before I jumps in there, uh, Vince, I've, I've been seeing you. you, you have good questions. I went ahead and sent you a link uh, to, to the, uh, to the chat. So I sent you a link to your, your Facebook Messenger. So Vince, if you're still listening, if you want to go over to the fa- your Facebook Messenger and get the link, uh, come on and address or readdress uh, some questions that you weren't, you know, it, it maybe you still had some different ones. Go ahead, Uncle. Um, we've heard the food, the, the food is your medicine before. We've heard that in a lot of different circles. And I would just like to say, not being a medical doctor at all. And tell me if I'm wrong, doc, if I'm wrong, say shut up, you're wrong. Would not, would not food be more or less like the fuel? You know what I'm saying? Like the thing that, 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 that gets the engine running and everything running, like, like you use premium food, I mean premium fuel in the car makes the car run good. If you got raggedy gas, like if your car say you need to put uh, 95% or 80, 92% octane, and you only putting 89 in it, the car gonna run rapid, right? So yeah. what you put into your, we learned this when we was young, you know, with, what you put in your body is so essential to make everything else work good. But that, but that fuel you put in your body ain't the oil to the engine. So yeah. people take that, oh, the food is your medicine. They, in this community, doc, they will take that statement and will run all over top of that. That's why I gotta say it. I know, I know your patient was 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 real profound, but I'm gonna tell you, that's a slippery slope for me. I say, <laughs> I tell you, I gotta say it. I'm saying we always supposed to optimize our optimize our diets. Eat the best, like cookies and cakes and all the stuff you name. It does not allow your body to your body to run efficiently. It does not. Putting good foods in your body allows your body to work at a premium. It means your immune system, right, is working like it's supposed to work. Your heart, your blood, all that is working good. But people in this community think you can eat right and it's like a golden shield. So I'll modify my statement. Good food is medicine. I'll modify her statement. But uh, like Wujal said, I mean, it's more complicated than that. You just can't. You can't fight a you can't fight an infection like that. Thank One, you, you got to not be infected, but once you are infected, it's it's not gonna work. 
The virus is smarter than that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> viruses predate human beings. As a matter of fact, they have viruses in our DNA. So we don't just pop up homo sapiens sapiens. We got to go all the way back to coming out of the water, fish the whole nine yards. So these viruses, they one bacteria and viruses outnumber us. Like you said, they're far more intelligent than us and they're not going to leave an apple defeat them. That's all (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) say. I tell people viruses were here long before we were here and they're going to be here long after we don't, long after we're gone and we destroy ourselves. They'll still be here. Yeah, I, I, um, like I said, I, I, I make sure I keep that conversation separate between vaccines and food. And you know, one analogies I use is like in in martial arts, you can eat healthy and supply your body with all the nutrients it needs, like Unc said, to supply the fuel and and be about ba- and be balanced, and be healthy. But when that enemy comes. That food doesn't train you. That food is not going to teach you Kung Fu. Or that food is not going to teach you uh, how to shoot. You have to have a separate teacher to teach the Kung Fu and how to shoot. And that's what the vaccine, the vaccine teaches the immune system, the, the soldiers of it, what to do, how to do it. Whereas the food just makes sure that you're able to do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's two different things. And, I, and people just got to keep it separate. It's not a, it's not an or. They got to put that and in there you know, um, and be smart about it. Like, like, like the uh, doctor, you said, we on some foolishness right now. <laughs> you say, put that, put that, you find it, yo. Yeah, we, we, to collectively, we on some foolishness right now. So the vaccine is working. The vaccine is, man, listen, you could be in optimal health. That vaccine, I mean, not vaccine, I'm sorry. That virus does not care. No. Nope. That, that virus is looking for healthy people because if the more healthy you are, listen, a, a virus really doesn't want to kill you. Like for real, they, they, a virus does not want to kill you. So, so the healthier you are, the, the virus is, is at home. That's heaven. Like if, if a virus can stay in you and you're not dead and, and especially if it's a respiratory thing, all of, the virus is going to make you sing. It's going to make you talk. It's gonna make you cough, make you sneeze. They don't want to kill you. So, so be healthy as long as you sneezing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that. yeah, that's a yeah, that's a serious point. And, and so, the, so, so the virus itself is not like it's not like Ebola. So the infection rate is a little different. Ebola, it don't affect as many people because one person gets so sick, they did before somebody else come in contact with them. <laughs> so this virus, it wants you to laugh and play. It wants you to think you cock. I forget the doc. I forget the name of the virus that actually infects. Uh, mice, and it and it makes the mice attack cats. What's the name of that Wuja? Uh, I I don't re- I, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't I don't know the name. I have no idea what the name. Is. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it it it, it makes it, it infects the cat's brain. I've seen that, and it makes the I mean it affects the mice brain, and it makes the mouse feel like it's a daggone tiger against the cat. And it, and it acts, the mice actually attacks the cat. Now, you know what's going to happen when that mouse attacks the cat? It's going to get eaten. Now, the reason that pathogen wants to get eaten because it wants to lay eggs in the cat's stomach. This is what's going on with coronavirus. I don't care what nobody say. They're going to find out at the end of the day that it's attacking those people that swear they're the greatest of all time. They swear they're the first, and they swear they're undefeated. 
It's got black people thinking we superheroes, the conscious community. Yeah, we walk around, we're gonna drink gold water. You, you got Europeans swearing they don't need a mask, like the president of the United States. He's the president, leader of the known world, running around, he don't need no mask. That's that Corona ride was talking. I don't care what nobody said, chill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and, and since you brought up masks, and, and Dr. Cole, we had this conversation, but because, and, and, and I understand, and everybody's panel understands how, how science works, uh, in, 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 even in medicine, that information changes as you get more information. Uh, so much was made off of uh, Dr. Fauci's initial statements about uh, you don't need masks. And, I, and you know, I was going back and looking at what he's saying, he's saying that the, that the care providers are the ones who, who needed the mask because they thought it was gonna be this big run on masks and the care providers didn't need it. And all of a sudden he said, well, yeah, we got more information that you need masks as well. But could you talk a little bit about the process of our understanding of, 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 of masks and the process that we began with and the process that we're at now about our understanding of, of use of masks? Well, I think the main issue is what you said. When this first started, this is, this is a novel virus. They call it the novel virus because human humankind has never seen this particular virus before. So we're starting at, we're starting at zero as far as what we knew about this virus, how contagious it is. And so my understanding is the initial recommendation was not to have the general public wear the mask because we didn't know how much uh, we were gonna need for people like me or people in the hospital when you start taking care of people who are getting sick. Um, but I think as, you know, I think this happened over a course of a month between when, when at work we weren't wearing masks and then we started wearing masks. I, where I am, it, it was more like two or three weeks. Um, now that we see how contagious this virus is, we got to keep this virus out of the environment. And so that's my understanding of why we went from one thought process to another. Okay. Good, good answer. Good answer. Um, it's not it. too. It's a novel. So they, I mean, like, how would they know everything? Oh, I, I figured out the name of it. It's called, it's called, that, that, that virus is called the, 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 the toxoplasma yeah. Goldie. Yeah, they yeah. actually answered yeah, it in the I chat. Was, so, I, yeah, I was gonna say toxoplasmosis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't pronounce words right, but I try hard, Doc. But that's it. It makes it, it, it makes those rodents, you know, attack the predators. They don't press crazy. And I think this is what the, the corona is doing. It's got his bananas. Yeah, somebody in the chat actually came up with that. I didn't get a chance to look and see, but they get a, a check and a star for the day, because they did come up with the answer. When you that. said rats, I said bubonic plague, and then you said clats, uh, cats, and I'm thinking toxoplasmosis, but I didn't I didn't know the relationship between the cats and the mice, but. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, mm -hmm. go ahead, Wujao, and I'm about to give, uh, I'm about to put, as we swing towards the end of this, I'm gonna put the, uh, 
the 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 link, the Zoom link into the uh, the chat. So I'm just letting you know now. Do not, man. Hold on. Let me see. I'm not playing with y'all. Do not come up in here acting crazy into the chat. Y'all, y'all see the you see the face. Don't don't come up in acting crazy. So if I put the because uh, you'll get the the Ice Cube mean face. So I'm gonna put the the Zoom link into the chat. Ask a question. We're not asking you to come in here and start an argument. We're not gonna end up yelling and screaming. <laughs> Dr. Cole, not here for all of that. Uh, so ask a question and make it a good one. A question, not a speech. Ask a question, keep it moving, and we can address a couple of people before we shut down. Uh, go ahead, Wujal. Okay, just two quick things. Um, you know, I think that the whole thing that you brought up about the mask and how it seemed to contradict or Dr. Fauci or, or people like him seem to contradict uh, their own statements. Um, people who feel that way, they they really don't know how science works and how science is self-correcting and science is evidence-based. So as the evidence changes, the the um, it informs of different explanations as time goes on. So back in February, they weren't even sure how the virus was spreading, whether, whether it was fomite, aerosolized, airborne, whatever, whatever. And then you had the, the consideration of healthcare workers with the masks. So those decisions was based on that data. So as time goes on, they knew they learned more stuff, then they have to come to different conclusions and different explanations. And that's basically how science works. So I just want to make sure that said, people got to understand how science uh, um, operates and how it works. And then the second thing, I forgot what I was going to say now. I was going to say, you said you had two things. Yeah, but that's all right. Just, just skip it. I, I forgot what the other thing was. You know, I, I talked myself out, out of my own. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, and then and then because uh, somebody typed in the, in the chat, but but then there's a then there's a different uh different mask and the purpose of those different masks. You know, the N95 was created for a different reason than the surgical mask. N95 is for contaminated environments, um, protecting the wearer. And then a surgical mask was for sterile environments to protect the environment and keep something with the, the um, wearer. Like, you know, surgeons, um, you got to sterilize your, your area, whatever case is. So people got to keep that in mind about, you know, these different masks. Not all masks are made the same. So, you know, people got to understand that. Okay, I was attending to some uh, some stuff in the chat, making sure. Okay, so I, I'm I'm putting I have the uh, the link in the in the, the Zoom link in the chat. So if anybody you know wants to to come in and and ask a question uh, of the panel, feel feel free to do so. Uh, until then, unless Ankh, you have a, a question right now. Oh. Just uh. Well, just to say that it, it, it's the novel, uh, SCAR, SARS, Coronavirus 2. So um, this is really a workshop for the pseudos and the misinformed and the, and the quote unquote um, conspiracy theorists because a scientist or a vaccine scientist or even doc might say something this week and then based, based off the available information. And then as more information comes in, uh, they learn more things and will change their mind. 
I mean, this is what science, scientists and doctors do. They, they're, they're not stuck like the religious minded, you know, it is what it is. But to the scientifically minded, those who are actually uh, handling this, you, they have to be willing to change based off of more available information. So that whole trying to trick uh, uh, Farasi with the mask thing is foolery. Okay, I'm just saying it's a fluid situation and it's a novel disease. So this, this is the first time in human history that this has actually, you know, the human immune system has came in contact with it. They just don't know. And every day is a learning experience, every day. So I just want to put that out there. Keyword novel. I thought I heard y'all about to come in and say something else. No, oh. Unc actually, Unc actually uh, said it, said it. Um, what I was going to say in terms of the rigidness that people expect from science is really that rigidness that they, that people get from religion, you know, that kind of feel where religion is unchangeable and science is not, is not that. That's, that's all I was going to add to that. Okay. You know? yeah. Now, now we have, uh, let's see, we have Malcolm. Don't know who it is. We'll see when he comes in there. If Malcolm, if you hey. are able to get on. Malcolm, uh, pretty serious. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? What's, what's going on, brother? I, uh, talk, talk, talk to him. You have a question. You have a statement. You want to say something to the panel? A, I just uh, had a question uh, and also a brief statement to the panel. Uh, first off, I definitely appreciate what y'all are doing. Uh, getting some very good, vital, and important information out to our people. They really need to hear this. Uh, man, we've been battling so much for so many years, centuries, and it's come to this. It's come to a, a pandemic where we kind of dropped the baton and you know now we're allowing uh, misinformation to kind of plague our community and thus uh, with some of the highest numbers in regards to the virus. So uh, uh, thank you all for what you're doing. Uh, my question to the doctor is just about the high you uh, the hydroxychloroquine. Uh, uh, what has her experiences been with uh, maybe with using it herself on patients or friends that she know has used it or have not? And uh, what are her thoughts about the dexamethasone and the uh, remdesivir? All right, you all, you all mute, Doc. So hydroxychloroquine. Um... That is not a medication. I'm a primary care doctor. So that's or in internal medicine though. So that's not a medicine that I prescribe. It's, it's not a new medicine. Um, I have plenty of patients who are on it and they're typically on it um, when they have an underlying inflammatory or a rheumatologic disorder. And it's really the rheumatologist. Rheumatology is a subspecialty in um, human, um, internal medicine that deals with diseases like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so that is a medicine that is used for that. Um, chloroquine and um, also is used for malaria prophylaxis. So um, those kind of measures I do prescribe mostly when people are traveling to countries where malaria is endemic and I do prescribe it for people who are traveling to prevent them from getting malaria on their trip. Um, dexamethasone, none of these medicines are new. We're, they're actually, you know, we repurpose medications all the time. So dexamethasone is a, um, a potent steroid. 
Um, in regular practice, I see it a lot in patients who are having um, brain surgeries. It stops swelling when you're having brain surgery. So the neurosurgeons use it a lot. Um, but the issue with um, coronavirus is just, it's just not the viral infection that's really makes people sick. This virus triggers a whole body inflammatory response. Um, the general term, we call it cytokine storm. So cytokines are substances that the body makes and the, and the body makes them as part of an immune response trying to fight off different stressors. And so steroids um, can um, suppress those kind of responses in the body. So I have had patients in the course of my career who we gave dexamethasone to who we thought were having some kind of inflammatory spots, response. And these are really sick patients in the ICU. Um, the antiviral drugs that begins with an R, I don't even know how to say it, <laughs> but it is an antiviral drug. And it looks like um, for the sicker patients, um, it may be helpful. So when the whole thought about hydroxychloroquine first came out as far as being helpful with this particular virus, this, it was always meant to be for a very, very sick patients. It was never medically discussed about giving it to people who don't have symptoms, trying to prevent the infection. All of these, these three things were all talked about in the realm of people who are very sick, hospitalized on ventilators, um, because fortunately, 80% of the people who get the infection recuperate at home and don't need anything. Right. And, and I'm glad you brought that up. And that's something that Mujao has, has talked about, uh, uh, about medication hey. and cures and whatnot. And people hey. who don't take anything. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Sean. Uh, good question by uh, Brother Zane. I was going to answer, but, you know, with expertise on the platform, you know, I got asked. So uh, is a cytochrome storm similar to a, a autoimmune disease? So cytokine storm is kind of, it's your body's inflammatory response trying to fight off a stressor. And in this realm, we're talking about the stressor being the what the coronavirus brings to your body. Um, so an inflammatory disease or autoimmune disease, there's a whole list of these kind of diseases. And basically to sum it up, these are diseases that make your body fight against itself. That's what autoimmune means, meaning your own body is attacking its own cells from within. So rheumatoid arthritis affects the joints and it can affect the lungs. Lupus can affect the brain and the kidneys and the skin. Um, so, and fibromyalgia and I got a patient I saw today, scleroderma and all those different kinds of rheumatologic disorders. Um, they affect different parts of the body, but the general thing is it's your own 
body's immune system that has gone out of whack and it's attacking itself. And medicines like steroids and hydroxychloroquine try and um, calm your immune system down so it stops attacking itself. Um, Unfortunately, these medicines don't cure you of anything. It just controls the inflammatory joint muscle organ responses going on. Okay, now we do have uh, somebody that's in the chat with us that's been patiently uh, waiting. Uh, is this one of your people, August? Uh, Chavez, Chavez, Tip Hessop? Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what's going on, man? Uh, I always put the whole panel. I just had a question uh, about the uh, can you shed light on concerning uh, side effects from the vaccine? What's concerning and what's just normal so people could have a a idea and not be ignorant so that's always a question that's another question that people always have and so that's the whole point of doing the large-scale clinical trials because that's also part of the data that's collected is what side effects people have so when you're in a trial um the um the workers in the trial are asking you about how you feel, what symptoms you're having. And so that kind of data is a mass to see if the vaccine is safe enough, are the side effects simple enough and self-limiting enough that makes it safe and worthwhile and to be given to the general population. And just in general with trying a new medicine, you have to, the trials have to show that the benefit of taking this medicine far outweighs the risk of taking it. So each vaccine, I mean, all vaccines that are available, you can go to the, um, it's called the VIS or the vaccine information sheet. Uh, When you get a vaccine from your doctor, you should be given a VIS or a vaccine information sheet. These are all on the CDC website. And basically they're written in patient terms to understand all the possible side effects Um, that are associated with that particular vaccine. And that's where they get the information from. Um, They get it from when they do the clinical trials. Um, So as many vaccines as I've ordered and given to patients over the course of my career, fortunately, I've never had anybody have a very serious um, side effect from a vaccine that was fatal or life-threatening or debilitating. Um, But that's unfortunately always a risk with vaccines, but that's more with the older vaccines. I really don't see that much anymore. There's a syndrome called Guillain-Barre syndrome. I can't remember which vaccine it was. I think it was the polio vaccine where it's a neurologic thing where you have the change in sensation in, in, in your legs. Um, sometimes it can be severe. Um, you also, when we make vaccines, we also pay attention to how the vaccine is made in mass production. If it's made with um, a certain reagent or you grow it like the flu vaccine in a certain solution Um, We try to use solutions that people aren't going to be allergic to and have side effects to. 
So this is like medications when you can be allergic to a medicine. Sometimes it's not the actual chemical that you're allergic to. You may be allergic to the filler that's in the pill. So those are all, that's why you need big, big trials with lots of people because you can amass more data and get more information about risk versus versus benefit. Okay, real, real quick, uh, when we're talking about side effects, uh, Doc, you, you and I talked briefly earlier today uh, when we started talking about side effects. The, the big uh, anti-vax movement is built on uh, the claims that autism is a side effect uh, to the MMR uh, vaccine. Uh, and and you, you, you didn't really go into it a lot, but did you just have anything? Because that's a big thing. Uh, Akinem has, has dealt with that a lot. Uh, but did you want to just say something about the whole uh, connection, uh, proposed connection with, uh, with autism and the MMR vaccine? So I, I take care of adults. So the pe a pediatrician is much more um, versed in that whole issue. But I can say this, it, I like what I told you earlier, it, it would have been much easier if that vaccine actually turned out to cause autism because if we could say we could point to the cause of autism being one thing and we get rid of that one thing and then we get rid of autism. I mean, we can certainly obviously come up with another kind of vaccine, I guess at some point, but unfortunately none of that has panned out. And I say, unfortunately, because we really think now autism is probably caused by many things, multiple things. It could be genetic things, environmental things. Um, so we really don't have an answer about what causes autism, what it really is. And so the whole relation to the MMR, unfortunately, did not pan out. Oh. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think there were some issues with the research that was done this, to say that it pointed to autism. My pediatrician friends, they can, they can rattle it off. Wakefield. Wakefield, Wakefield experiment. He had about 10 people. Oh, see, he knows. I right. mean, I, I take care of adults, but I can't remember, but I think the research was flawed. That's yeah, the last thing was, I remember. There were 10 people. <laughs> Wakefield, and, and he, you know, he did the number one thing you're not supposed to do. He was actually on a, uh, uh, um, he was actually suing a company. He was on that suit. So you can't be suing a company, you, you, right? And then being the actual doctor on there, bringing the evidence. Conflicting interests. He did everything crazy. He was getting paid the whole nine yards. Yeah, we know that uh, vaccines don't cause autism. Why? Because they know that uh, this particular condition occurs in the fetus before the woman is getting vaccines or before the child is getting vaccines. The problem is that uh, autism actually expresses itself about 15 months after the baby's born. Around the same time when they get in the same, the full payload of vaccines. So people put that, oh man, my baby was fine. And then all of a sudden they got the vaccine shots and there you go. So I understand it, but the education is that maybe this autism has something to do with like uh, Denisovan genes and Neanderthal genes because they identified maybe a hundred genes 
in autism. And these particular genes are located near some of our archaic genes. So they're thinking maybe that has something to do with it. So the whole conversation is interesting. But doc, they take advantage of this and they run with it and miseducate. Uh, what I was getting ready to bring up is that she brought up something that I, you know, I maybe you've heard it before, but I, I hadn't heard it expressed that way. And that is, she was saying, if that was the case, okay. that that would have helped them actually, you know, bring it in or be on the way to, to solving the whole autism riddle. She was, I mean, she didn't say, I wish that was the case, yeah, but I understood, I understood the point that she was making. Yeah, if it was that simple. Yeah. And then, make, no, well, the point of the matter is the anti-vaxxers, they, they, they have to get all their data from the scientists, just that simple. So I don't understand. So you're going to take, when we talk about the effects of vaccines and maybe some harmful effects, which are very minimal, you got to get it from scientists anyway. You, the only reason you know about it is because of people like the doctor and people like the vaccine scientists that actually have patients and actually study the stuff. You, so, so they're always at a disadvantage. They, they got to use relevant information and just present it in a crazy way. So, I mean, come on, man. Like, vaccines do not cause autism. Read the book, vaccine. You got the book. Vaccines do not cause racial autism. I got the book right here. Uh, there you go. There you go. All the stuff in there. All the major journals. There you go. Okay. So what we're we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna wind this down because uh, uh, Dr. Cole has to get up and, and treat people. Uh, <laughs> you so want her fall fussing at me like you chill, like, I, like, <laughs> like chill. You didn't. I told you I wasn't gonna be up here all night messing around with you. Look at that. Look look at that. She getting her eyes are getting sleepy, but. Uh, if anybody else on the panel has some things before we wind it down uh, that they just want to say or that they want to say to, the, to Dr. Benita Cole. And again, for people who are just tuned in, we're here with Dr. Dr. Benita Cole, uh, an established and trained uh, doctor of medicine and human biology. So mm -hmm. uh, when I say I got Dr. Cole, don't think I, you know, I just went and got it, got it, somebody who got doctor in front of their name, trying to be slick. So, um, yes. Okay, I have something to say. Uh, first of all, thank you to uh, Dr. Cole. Um, and I want to say, just from my observations, I think that this is a learning lesson for um, healthcare professionals and doctors. I think the, I think the whole discipline needs a better PR Um system because doctors are in, are in the business of treating patients so they don't have time directly but the medical profession needs a, a PR buffer that can stay on top of of things and inform the public more than what's going on like like for example science you have Neil deGrasse Tyson uh Bill not a science guy and these people that are always in your face explaining complex scientific things you know and I think that needs to be, I think something needs to be established for the medical field and stuff, because like I said, it, a lot of stuff is rooted in ignorance. So if the doctors, not themselves, but if, if it was some kind of mechanism in place where, where this is being pumped out there on a consistent basis, I just think that we would be a lot better off. 
So I just think it's a learning experience from that too. So, um, and so I, I, I thank you for taking time to, to have a discussion and I wish more actual doctors did that, but I understand that you all are busy treating patients and you shouldn't be up there defending and explaining stuff directly, but you know, so I, I wish there was something in place for that though. I'm wrong. Well, well, my answer to that is the kind of personality and person that goes to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. That's not, we don't think like that. Mm. I, I wish we did. Mm. I, you know, I went back to school because I had a private practice. I went back to school and got an MBA. So I'm kind of different. Most doctors don't have that business background. So I kind of think like that. But just in general, the people who say, I want to be a doctor, we don't really think like that. So we would certainly have to, I mean, and even our, um, our um, professional organizations that lobby for us, the AMA, the NMA, I always say that our, you know, our public lobby to fight for us is not very strong. And it's just because as doctors, we're just not wired that way. We don't think like that. We, we always see the best in people. We, we don't look at the worst in people. We always glass half full. That's how we think. And that's why we, we are misunderstood. <laughs> we just, but you know, you got to have to have to have a certain personality way of being to be a doctor in the first place. And it doesn't mix. Well, all, so all you left us with was Sanjay Gupta yes. and, and Gregory House. Yeah. And Dr. House, so, go ahead, Ark. I mean, and, we just, and I guess, you know, man. You know, you got you go through high school, you go through college, you go through residency, you go training. It's like it takes so long to become a doctor. You just you can't you just you you got you got to tune everything out to get there. Don't worry about it, sis. This is a <laughs> I'm a raw squad, the pseudo killers and the Mossy clan warriors. This is what we do. So Just, we need we need we other people's help because that's not where our heads are at. Right. We don't even think like that. <laughs> we just don't. <laughs> you're, like, you're like amazed that people say some of the things they say based off of the level of of, of study. Like for instance, since you since you deal with biology, I try to tell people that the origin of the species by way of natural selection, right? Written by Charles Darwin is basically the foundation of modern biology. And people look at me like I'm crazy, I'm just supporting white people. <laughs> can you, can, am I wrong in presenting Charles Darwin to black people, trying to get them interested in biology, which would get them interested in evolution, which would get them interested in understanding what viruses are, how they evolve, which would make them understand why they need a vaccine. This is this is what I did. I did it like that, Doc. I know you ain't got time for it, but am I wrong for giving the community the foundation of modern biology? So this is what I have to say about that. So yes, I'm a doctor. I help people, but there's so much 
in the medical field that we don't have an answer for, we don't know, we don't have a cure. And, and so often we are telling people, we don't know. Thanks. Human, human beings make up things, we develop things, we develop systems to explain the unexplainable. And that is because so much happens in our world while we've been on this planet that we have no control over and we cannot explain. And, and I'll just go there. We use religion to explain things we cannot explain. Mm. Faith is believing in something that you don't have proof of. And you can't argue with somebody as far as their faith and what they believe because to believe in something, you don't have to have proof. Well, the scientific method, you're talking about science and Darwinism, the scientific method is about having a theory and proving that theory. And like we did with the mask, once your theory doesn't work, you got to keep going, form another hypothesis. And like you said, I'm preaching to the choir. So people like to try and explain things and they and they need to explain things. Human beings need to explain things so we can help ourselves feel better because living on this planet is very stressful because so mm -hmm. many things happening, you have no complaint or control over. You can't control the tsunami. You can't control the earthquake. You can't control the, the tornado. You can't control the truck that just ran into the back of your car. There's so many things that happen to us that we don't have, and we, we always need a way to explain things, to control our environment so we feel better. And that's what human beings do. We call it the God of the gaps. <laughs> so that's, that's how we are, that's how we wired, and that's what we do. You're talking aunt's language right there. <laughs> Man, I ain't got nothing else to say. She just, I'm good with that one. We're going to cut that slice right there. Bam. <laughs> you, you're talking aunt's language. That's, that's, what, that's what we do. So yes, if we, maybe I'll just sit down and think about it as far as, I don't know. I think as doctors, we're all, we're so more often telling people we don't know, we don't have a cure. You know, I just, people just sometimes they just don't want to hear from us. Cause we, <laughs> I'm always, I'm always telling people things they don't want to hear. <laughs> well, uh, I do, I do want to add, uh, for people that are interested in some of the things that, that I, I was talking about. And, and of course, you know, people can find out about, uh, Darwin, Charles Darwin, but a very, very interesting book uh, that actually he put me on to is, is this book right here. Uh, my, my hand is covered, I know it's backwards, but it's Darwin's Sacred Cause. Uh, and, it, and it talks about uh, Darwin's views on race and racism. Uh, yes, don't leave that out. And it actually is don't subtitled uh, how a hatred of slavery shaped Darwin's views on human evolution. Because I know Ankh fights that battle about uh, Darwin, people saying that he was a racist because of the, some of the terminology uh, of the day uh, that he was using, like savages and whatnot. But, you know, if, if somebody wants to look into that further, that's a good 
that's an excellent book to start with. Uh, but we oh, before I, I close it all the way down, Sean, talk to me. Sean over there handling stuff. Sean is writing. He's on volume four, three, and four of his new book. Bow. Come on, get that, get that new, get that new. Uh, what's in the back of it? What's in the back of the book? Open oh, What's in the front? What? What? What's you talking about? On the back. Open Pi Side Research Team. Open it up somewhere in there. <laughs> oh, you in the you in the back of the book, bro? Now in the front. Open it up somewhere. I got. I ain't open up the book. My dad gonna sell. Oh, come on, like you gotta open up the book, man. Yeah, open up the book. Sean, where's that? Sean, what happened to me, Sean? Wait a minute. Is Sean even on there? Is Sean in here? Nope. Sean is Sean is somewhere eating a, a vegan burrito. He's not even on here. He's just on the thing. But uh I do want to thank you with job before we like instead of since Sean is not on here anything before I shut it all the way down. And I appreciate up uh, Sean and brother job for taking time to to come on and uh and 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 be a part of this and to add what you know what they do to to what uh, Dr. Benita Cole was talking about. But if it were Jal, if you're still on, you want to say something before we leave out of here? No, I, I said it. I'm, I just want to thank, thank the invite to come on. You know, um, I didn't think I was going to actually make it, but I said, I can't miss this because this I've, I've been beating up the, uh, the, the, the conspiracy theorists and the quack followers since the pandemic began. I said, I can't miss this. So... <laughs> No, I, 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 you know, thank uh, the doctor for coming on. And um, I just wish more doctors would do it. But I definitely understand why not. Because like I said, my sister is a doctor. Her husband, my brother-in-law, he's a doctor. They don't have time because they they in the business of, of healing people. So, you know, that's our job, I guess. So I'll try to learn what I can. Like I said, I'm taking an online um, um, course on epidemiology and virology. And just that basic stuff is take you a long way. We ain't have to. Have, we don't have to have a degree, but man, I'm, I, so I just encourage people to do that. And again, thank uh, for the invite. Thank the doctor. Peace to Unc. Peace to Sean. Doctor Benita Cole, I always, you know, always appreciate you. I know I get on your nerves for for calling you in the. I call you early in the morning. I call you late at night. I call you middle of the day. I call you whatever I can think I can get a hold of. So I just want to clarify, I didn't call you about this. I sent you a text message about spreading the word about uh, volunteering for the for coronavirus vaccine trials. And then you said, oh, that's a show. Right. That's okay. A show. So you corresponded with me about trials. I didn't call you. Okay. You text me. I text you and I said, and then you said oh that's another show can you do it okay <laughs> okay well you you clarified you didn't call <laughs> me about it you text me about trials and i turned it into a show you no. turned it into a show <laughs> now, is that well this is the best place to get it to get that information out and i and i just like to thank you um i think it's important to have intelligent black women because a lot of times, and our thing we do, a lot of women think they're more spiritual and have more kind of spiritual force power or something. I don't know what it is going around, must be in the water, right? But to hear, you know, clear thinking, intelligent black women present the message. And like you said, doctors don't have time for that. 
So I'm glad we had this experience together and I just appreciate all you do for our community and for all communities. Really appreciate that, that time you took out of your life for years of study. I mean, this moment is, is at least worth it to me to be on the same platform for you, with you, just to see how intelligent black people need to continue to be and how sisters need to take the lead in this. So thank, thank you, sis. A doc, my fault for the disrespect. Thank, thank you, doctor. I really appreciate that. Appreciate who you are. And I celebrate your blackness, no matter what they say. All right, Dr. Cole. So she got me straight. She did not call me to say, hey, let's do a show on this. She was giving me some information to spread about the uh, vaccine trials. Oh, I got to show my shirt. Oh, here we go with that. Stroll to the polls in pink and green. It's a serious matter. Who are we voting for, doctor? So I'm not telling anybody who to vote for. I just say vote. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm say I'm gonna tell the people this. Vote for whoever gonna fight for the check. Cut the check. <laughs> I don't care if it's the, the, the president that's in the office right now. I don't care if it's Joe Biden and the sister he got. Whoever's gonna fight for those reparations to cut the check, I'm with that. And I'm not voting until we get somebody that's gonna fight for our reparations. That is the only way to close the gap. We need more black doctors. We need more black lawyers. We need more sisters of lawyers, more sisters of doctors. We need more education. We need to check. I don't <laughs> care about police brutality because we can fix our own communities. That's the trick. We, if, if given the proper education, if given the proper monies, we can fix our communities as such. But we can, we won't need the police in our communities. We can call them when we need them. And it won't be a lot. Because, because I've been in other communities where the police don't run around. They only come if you really, really need them. But for the most part, valuable communities, right? They take care of their community. They police their own communities. Why? Because they have the proper social economics is in place. They have the proper education. Like when, you, when, when you're properly educated, you understand that you're gonna make more money by going to school for 10 years than spending your life for crime for 30 years and going to jail for the rest of your life. Like it's just a decision to make. So I think once we close the gap, based off of 500 years, 500 years, they shot the start gun, pow! And they ran, the global economy was based off of the wholesale kidnapping, slaughter, and dysfunction of black people. There's no getting back in that race until they sis cut the check. So I'm not voting for nobody to, somebody talks about we need to get them people their money so they can get in the race of fixing their community. That's my message for the day. Cut the check. Rock says cut the check. All right. Uh, Dr. Cole say get down to the polls and, and, and vote on whoever. I'd say vote for who go cut the check, but he gonna make me unmute my mic now. Like, oh, boy, we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do a show on the, on on this stuff. So let me, I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we go... Sorry, I showed my shirt, and that's a whole another show. It, it, that that took us a whole different direction. Yeah, you're right, though, since we do got to vote, though, there is no other way out of this. 
but vote for those who are going to fight for cutting the check. That's my point. That's uh, my point. Real quick, uh, Dr. Cole, you know, I don't know if you can help me out. We, I know that uh, one, of your, one of your friends is the, the, the sister, is the co, co-founder, co-owner of uh, African Ancestry. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my, uh, my line sister. There you go. Okay, come on. We need her on the show. We need, we need to do a show with that. The aunt and them oh, already. She, she, I can contact her. I, I bet you. I bet you she'll do it. Let's make it happen. That's Gina Page. We we um we had uh Rick. Yeah, Hitt- Rick Kittles, right? Yeah. yeah, he was um he and when I was in medical school, he did um contributed to our genetics course. But yeah, Gina Page is my line sister, Stanford Uh-oh. University. Shout it out. All right, well make that make that call. Uh, because Java, I know you want to be on there for that one. Oh, definitely. I'm, I mean, you know, oh, yeah, my... she ancestry tell you all this stuff. DNA, man, listen, this is where it's at. Like, man, people want to, you know, people want to either be a, 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 a sports player or uh, entertainer, rapper, and stuff, but people don't understand this is where it's at. This is it's in biology, it's in science, it's in math, where you get the evidence, you get the logic. This is where it's at. I mean, come on, man. So I'm not missing out on any of this. So, so I'll, I'll, Make I'll, that call I'll, for I'll, me, Doc. Yeah, I'll text her. Hook it up. Hook it up. Okay. All right. But we appreciate you. We appreciate you taking taking the time out. You answered a whole lot of questions. I don't know if you signed up for all what happened today, but I appreciate you. You stuck around and 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 and, and talked to the people and gave them questions and addressed a lot of the things that we needed to know. So thank you, thank you, thank you again. You know, some time go go by. Somebody go say something else crazy in the medical field and I'm gonna end up calling you again. But until then, we appreciate you. Everybody that, that, that stayed on and, and, and watched the Chill Talk, all my last minute Chill Talk people, I had to hustle from my Facebook page. I don't know why Facebook was playing with me today. So I had to take it to YouTube, uh, to all the people that did Sean, hustled up over here, uh, that her aunt was over here, that, that knew Jaw was could possibly be over here. Uh, appreciate all of you guys. However you got here, subscribe to this channel. I hadn't intended on being on my YouTube channel today, but it's the one that was working. So subscribe uh, to, to this YouTube channel. We're gonna have you know, more stuff like this and some stuff not like this. You know, we we all over the place. We talking about hip hop, we talking about music, we talking about business, we talking about politics, we talking about education, we, we talking about science, medicine, history, all of that. But we're gonna try to be honest, truthful, and hopefully that you'll learn something. And if you see where you wanna donate anything to the Chill Talk, Chill Vision platform, you already see the cash app, probably, because I, I didn't know how to pin it on, on YouTube. I wasn't prepared to be on YouTube today. But uh, you can hit me on cash app at dollar sign, uh, what is it? Dollar sign money to chill. Dollar sign money, the number two chill. Dollar sign money to chill on cash app. We, we appreciate whatever the donation so we can keep it moving. But until then, we're up out of here, y'all. Doc, Joe, Aunt, Sean. Appreciate you guys. We're going to out of here. Peace.